I'm the same boy I used to be. Burp, burp. Uh, yeah. Oh, I should probably be holding it in the wrong mic. Yeah, yes, that's right. Valerie, excellent. Because I, because I can hit that high note. Mm-hmm. Valerie. Especially I mean, with you. a few little little whines of me. And welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 33. Guys, subscribe if you haven't already on iTunes. Leave us five stars. Let a friend know. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Brandana, and with me, he most definitely does have it, as he proved it last week, most awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. Man, you crushed that. You're getting bonus points. You were getting like mothers of athletes, like high schools and preschools they went to. You were all over the map. Oh, thanks, brother. Yes, I'm I'm still uh restless after missing Contavious Caldwell Pope, mm. uh the Georgia alum. Hurts my hurts my core because he was a piston. We took him eighth overall in that draft, and you know, I'm just disappointed in myself that I didn't go ten for ten on the inaugural. All right. Okay. All right, one awesome step at a okay, time. Okay, you yeah. nailed it. Oh, you humble fuck. All right. All right. Uh how was your week, brother? <laughs> it was good, bro. It was good. Um Tomorrow we are getting ready to do a little pumpkin picking, going Ooh. to a little pumpkin patch with the girls. So well, they just got we the are, uh, we are in fall. There's a fall festival uh, last weekend, right? You guys are just crushing, crushing the fall tours. Yes, we're all over the fall. That was more of an apple fest. Oh little, yeah, I'm an you know, idiot. Uh, You're fa- right. I'm stupid. Aspect. That was an apple. Oh fest. my god, exactly. Not a pumpkin pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah for our- sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're different. That's a gourd. The other one's a fruit. Oh, yeah. Come on All right. Now. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So uh, this week, brother, we have ripped from the headlines. We are doing Butler's Beef. We are going to tackle the MAB inbox. We have an MAMA pairing tip. Stop, thief. I got that right, brother? Is that what we're talking about? You got it right, bro. All right. You got all it right. right. Uh, doing the Neapolitan Showdown. Uh, warm up those vocal cords. We're doing top three Yacht Rock songs. Uh, we're going to jump into the Brandana Gambling Corner. We're talking NBA championships and MVP odds with Tom Fleming. He's coming back because uh, maybe he sounded like a little bit like shit last time because of my audio mix. So we're going to get him back on, and we're going to finish, as we always do, with the MVP of the week. Uh, and also, I just want to say to the audience, uh, Most Awesome has made me see the light. Maybe I was coming down a little too hard on you guys for the hour of power, which everyone is loving. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to own that. I was just a little gluttonous, you know, like I was just like, I wanted too much. You guys kind of made me see the light and just got to keep it tight. And now I think like we love yep. the hour of power, big fans. You know, I'd like to apologize a little more, but obviously we don't have the time and you do that to us. Bring <laughs> us to the jam. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Come on. All right. Rip from the headlines. Butler's beef. Why are we talking about this, brother? Oh, because, well, we were talking about it because we are having our inaugural, or I shouldn't say our inaugural, our opening uh, NBA week 
pod coming mm-hmm. up here and probably the biggest storyline in the NBA right now aside from the the major players is the beef in Minnesota between Jimmy Butler and his teammates and front front office and and every basically everyone in Minnesota yeah what's going on with this why can't this guy stay happy like this isn't unknown right was he a little vocal about not being happy in Chicago um yeah I think he was he didn't want to be on a bad team just kind of toiling away he wanted to play for a winner yeah um so the the him and I don't think Fred Hoiberg really saw eye to eye uh, the coach in Chicago. So then they moved him, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything very public like this is, this is incredibly public, which it's interesting in the age of social media, we can see all the inner workings that go, uh, you know, behind the scenes, if you will. Yeah. Um, So, so a couple weeks ago, actually a couple weeks before training camp, Jimmy Butler said like, Hey, I'm not showing up. You better trade me. And then came in uh, earlier last week and put on a display at practice. Hadn't been at practice. Showed up. Carried basically a bunch of scrubs and third teamers. Uh, beating the first team all while screaming at uh, he almost, Scott Layton. Yeah, he almost like took the practice hostage from what it was sounding like. You know, he was like yeah. screaming at owners, screaming at coaches. Just like, give me these guys. Let's run it back. Like Wiggins. Like, let's go. Like Towns. Like, let's let's see what you got. Like, kind of just schooled everybody and then like just fucking walked out of the gym. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Kind of in a, in, a, in a mic drop-esque way, just kind of ran out of the gym. Um and so it's interesting. So we haven't really seen anything quite like this. I have a little insights um, as to maybe what's going on with Jimmy Butler and kind of the two main players that are, are at the, the the crux of the uh, the issue. Yeah, yeah. And I think Jimmy. I think Jimmy Butler's main issue is is that Carl uh, Anthony Towns, who you and I, Brandon, have talked on our kind of in you You're, know in our next five years. Yeah, he's high, he, That's your be. guy, right? He's high on your list. Yeah. Yeah, I like them, um, or I do like him. Mm-hmm. But he, you know, Butler's biggest thing is is that you know, Cat has got all the 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 talent in the world, but he um, he he doesn't have the heart to go out there and win every day, compete every day. Same thing with Wiggins. Wiggins, he calls kind of God given talent, and he he can't kind of muster the, the care, the give a shit every day to go out there and compete 82 games a week. Yeah. That was kind of his quote, right? He was like, uh, with all this, it sounds like he's being a real shithead, which, uh, is kind of like it. It seems like his heart's in the right place. But at the end of the day, like his quote was, you know, there's, there's Wiggins that has like all the talent in the world. And then like there's Carl Anthony Towns who's just like, like God given talent. I don't know how he got him like differentiated it, but he was just like, Hey, both these guys are just like right. more talented than I am, but I play with the most like right. heart. Like I give the most shit. Right. So they should fucking care. Yeah. So I think Carl Anthony Towns, he looks at is supremely skilled, somebody who can go out there and basically do anything. He, a seven footer who can shoot, who can play in the low post, rebound, defend, do everything. And then Wiggins, who has got this, uh, other world athleticism this unbelievable talent that you just don't really see on the court um i think if you look at his rebounding numbers that's kind of indicative of just effort and hustle um and so he has really kind of umbrage with these two guys because he doesn't have the god you know the skill set that carl does and the athleticism that that wiggins has but yet he somehow is the the best player because he just he wants it more than everyone else and he goes out there and and plays harder and that's what that was his quote right he was just kind of like uh you can't win without me you can't win without me they're pissed off does he have a point 
I think he does. I think he has a real point as to the the effort levels that that go out there. I think he knows what it what you need to do on a nightly basis to go out there and win and compete. Here's a guy who, you know, Jimmy Butler was uh, a JUCO kid out of high school, went to out of Houston, went to JUCO, um, then went to Marquette, and then played for a couple years and was a late end of the round or eight late first round draft pick which typically if you're not a lottery you usually don't have the impact or you don't usually go into that crescendo you know top 20 top 15 player level um, if you're picked at the tail end of the draft usually it's the lottery picks usually it's the top half of the draft guys Um, very rarely do you see I mean every once in a while you'll see on the back half of the you know the second round Draymond Green Gilbert Arenas but it's fewer and farther between than some of the lottery guys so he's had a guy that's had to kind of grind and work and just build himself up into the player that he is and it's been basically for through desire and dedication and you've got these two guys who are uh both number one overall picks and they're not giving it. They're not going out there and doing it every day. Okay, so this is where I see it from. Like, I go back and forth on this. Like, initially I thought, like, oh, man, just, like, shut your mouth. Like, don't break that blue wall of silence or whatever it is. Like, leave it in the locker room. Like, right. figure it out there. I, I think unlike, uh, you know, Terrell Owens or some of these guys that we saw that would be super vocal in the media, and here's where I differentiate it. I think he's doing this because he does want to win. I don't think this is a selfish right. move. We're like like a T.O. or like, you know, Ocho Cinco, like some of those just like wild guy NFL guys that you just hear quotes from. Uh, it was more just like kind of a selfish thing. But I think like Jimmy Butler is just trying to like light a fire underneath these guys' ass. But like I can't tell why he would do that, though. Like it just seems like his, he's kind of straddling. Like if he wants to be there, then, yeah, take the ball and run with it and light a fire underneath your ass. If you don't want to be there, then why are you like creating this drama and also trying to like exit stage right? Right, and this is where the the NBA Twitter kind of gets in, involved, and and uh, like I think with some of the the beef between him and Wiggins came from, um, he, they announced that he was gonna you know force a trade or try and in, institute a trade. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins' brother, Nick Wiggins, famously commented on the, a posting about it and wrote "Hallelujah." Mm-hmm. Then. Uh, you know, Butler clapped back when he was doing some conditioning and there was some video of it and he finished <laughs> the, uh, the end of it and, you know, gave a little hallelujah <laughs> back at him. And, and then it just kind of is, is, is snowballed. You had Steven, uh, Steven Jackson chiming in on, you know, Andrew Wiggins's heart, you know, basically saying that he has no heart and that Jimmy Butler's all heart and, and that he shouldn't really kind of weigh in on this. Um, so it's really one of those things that just kind of starts to snowball and snowball and snowball. And, and, and we all get to, as you know, uh, witnesses, we get to sit there and watch it and see it happen in real time. Yeah. Um, which is only, I think probably uh, gasoline on that fire. So he missed the last preseason game. Is he going to be a Timberwolf this year? I think so. I mean, he, well, it's hard to tell because there's so many different things. So he went out there and had a, uh, sit down with with Rachel Nichols, Jimmy Butler did, and kind of talked about everything. And then he even said that they hit a you know closed door team you know or player only meeting. To which then Jeff Teague came on social media and said it wasn't all that. Basically, stop lying and you know stop with all the fake news. So I at first when I read that I thought oh well they're gonna they're gonna go and and he's gonna probably suit up. He's just trying to find a way to or at least suit up to keep his value. I don't think he's going to pull a Kawhi and just sit out with injury because he really can. He's mm. he's kind of tipped his hand. At least Kawhi could 
sit out and say, well, I'm injured and that's why I'm not playing and I'm not my, – my, my doctors haven't cleared me. So Butler, I think he's going to be kind of forced to, to play, um, but I think he's going to really try and, and, and force that, um, that trade. Uh, my, the Miami Heat uh, are, are very interested – and here's this is another great little fun fact in this whole trade. So Pat Riley is the the GM and uh, team uh, team manager basically for Miami. Mm. Um, he sent an offer for Josh Richardson, Dion Waiters, and a protected first round, which probably is a lottery protected uh, draft pick if I if I had to guess um, for Jimmy Butler. And uh, I guess Tom Thibodeau, who's the head coach and general manager for the T Wolves. Um, who was Butler's coach in Chicago before when they were good, um, came back and he said that uh, he wants more picks, to which uh, apparently uh, Pat Riley hung up the phone and, or called him a motherfucker and held up the phone or hung up the phone. So those are all stories that are coming out. So the, the Heat are the one that are most passionate about making a move for him. Um, but it'll be interesting, uh, especially with Dwayne Wade there and, and – Butler and Dwayne Wade's previous uh, uh, issues. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, we're up against it, up against it, as we always are. And I don't mind. I don't mind you do this to us. <laughs> Our power. I'm fine with it. I'm, I love it. Uh, real exactly. fast right now. It's what it is. Uh, let's say Jimmy Butler stays with the Timberwolves. Uh, where do you rank them this year? Playoff team? Mm. Yeah. I, I just, when, when team chemistry is rocked and you have really good um players on the team i think it's very hard for them to win especially in a west which is loaded and we'll get into the the whole west everything like that but if you look at like a a washington wizards team that had last year terrible chemistry a lot of infighting between marcy and gortat uh bradley beal and john wall uh i i see that being very similar i i see them on the outs looking into getting into the playoffs because i just think um there, there are too many other teams that are gelling right now that uh that bad blood is not gonna is it's gonna hurt their their overall product. All right. Well, if this podcast was the Timberwolves, he has all the talent. So I guess by default, I have the heart. I don't know. M A B inbox. Here we go. Uh, we're talking. Uh, we got an email from a longtime listener that sent us kind of a breakdown right. of a trio of fantasy fo- uh, football players we would take. It was a uh, one running back, one quarterback, one wide receiver. Uh, they gave us the options. We'll right. read them out loud. Uh, they were very specific. They were, uh, give me your first and your worst. Uh, no others. They don't want to hear it. So, I don't know. I have a second and third, but I guess right. I'll keep it to myself. Uh, here's the combos we got. Camara, uh, <laughs> Brady, Odell Beckham Jr., Zeke, Goff, Hopkins, Gurley, right. Rogers, A.J. Green, Hunt, right. Luck, Antonio Brown, Melvin Gordon, Drew Brees, Tyreek Hill, Barkley, Mahomes, Julio Jones. Uh, if you guys need to bounce right. that back and listen to it, uh, basically what we're going to do is pause right now, kind of pick your favorite on what you would take. Uh, I, th- I think it was in the, first of all, let's, how did you judge this? Is this just like, is this fantasy team? Is this, you're starting a new franchise and these guys are going to be with you for years? What's your thoughts? Um, I definitely kind of looked at it from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Um, that's how I saw it, and and, and then if, so if I was to, to to like if I was kind of in a fantasy like maybe like a dynasty draft if I was to have this core, okay, what core would I want? What would be the best one to hang on to? Because yeah. I definitely looked at it from the prism of what's going to give me the longest successful journey 
Um, so do you want to go – let's do our worst first, and then we'll do our our first first. Okay, absolutely. And I'll say that uh, I did kind of agree with that because, you know, it's going to – well, this will this will lock, uh, lock in with my actual worst, which is Kamara Brady, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Brady's – Okay, so Brady is good. He's old as fuck. And I did kind of, I, I think I split the difference. I did 50% like long term. I did 50% like I got to just yep. roll out a fantasy team and see what happens. But still, like uh, mm-hmm. Kamara, a dynamic back, his value loses a little bit with Ingram kind of just smashing it up. There's a little bit more of a back by committee strong, but it's, you know, he's not a. He's, he's not just a featured back. It kind of will go back and forth. Right. So he'll be sharing touches a little bit, which kind of weakens him. And then I just, I fucking hate enemy of the podcast, Odell Beckham Jr. Like head button, head button a fan this Thursday. Like he just like not, not an actual person. It was like, uh, clear that up. Like clear that up. Yeah. Clear that up. Yeah. Before we get, that's get, got get a lawsuit on our hands. Okay. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's a little, uh, it's a little theatrics. Uh, this isn't the first time like yeah. he kicked a net. Like it's just, it's just weird and it's barky and, and it's I don't know. I think Des Bryant, my boy, gets a lot of shit. Like he always did that, but I, I've never seen like a wide receiver on the sideline just be so like put the spotlight on me. I I know like losing is frustrating, but be a team player. I just I don't like that guy. I don't want him in locker room. I think he's a cancer. My fake locker room, my real locker room. So that's my worst. Who you got? Yeah. Oh, I got I I like it. Uh yeah, I'd like to second on that OD uh that Odell Beckham Jr. Thanks, brother. Just um you know, yeah, yeah, the the little Wayne come the little Wayne interview with him and just basically calling out his coach and his quarterback and, yeah. and everybody like that. It's yeah. Especially when they lock them up on a long-term deal and it's kind of like, "Oh, well, what what can we do with this guy now?" Yeah, exactly. Um but I I tweaked it a little bit. So I I would Ooh. if I was to put them, I put them on the bottom half uh probably my fifth um for some of the reasons that you mentioned but i'm gonna go with my my word oh i wonder real fast before before you say it like i wonder if one of us has like uh like if your worst is my number one like if we're that far off i don't think so i don't i don't think so i think because because we see kind of eye to eye on it so what what i had is is i had mel my worst is melvin gordon from from the chargers drew Brees from the saints and tyreek hill from the the chiefs yeah the reason for that is is it does start with drew Brees. he's older yep he is definitely slowing down he's been in the league for for 20 some odd years and uh melvin gordon while he is a feature back he's a number one guy um i worry about his longevity too in terms of injury yeah and then that leaves up to and he also like I, I think i think another great point too is unlike these other premier backs also that don't share a lot of carries like uh the eckhart uh what's his name uh eckhart the guy behind gordon Oh, uh, uh, Austin Eckler. Eckler, yeah, Eckler. There you go. Uh, not a sack of potatoes. Like he's like pretty talented. So it's it's not yeah. quite like a breathing down the neck territory, but it could be. You know, in the next year, like it's, or even like by the end of this year, like it's a little bit more of like a seventy thirty, like a sixty forty, right. like share load wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and that's the thing is, is those those are the guys where you look at it and it's like, you know, there's the, there's always going to be insurance policies for running backs. And, you, you know, even that's my thing about Kamara is, is I think he does so many other 
things well. Mm. And yes, you do have Ingram, but it's a, a we just saw him vulture two TDs from him. But you know what? They shared the whole season last year, and Kamara was a, a virtual you know number one back even with Ingram there. Yeah. So, um, but then but then here's the other thing too is is, is Tyreek Hill goes, and I know we talked about Tyreek Hill. His he's a polished route runner. Yeah. He's getting We're, better. They force our hand. We have to talk about Tyreek Hill. No choice. Exactly. It's the 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 it's the the hour of Hill um, or the power <laughs> of uh, Tyreek. So the um, so but but here's the thing is is his game is 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 the main feature is speed. So if he starts getting older, uh, yeah, and slowing down, he is a, of all those re- receivers, yeah, he is by far the smallest, yeah, and so that's really going to impact his longevity. That's so that's that's, 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 that's what I was thinking. Like his uh, and uh, listeners, please hold your hats. We love you. We love the cheese. We love everything's going on. Yada yada. He's definitely like uh, <laughs> you know. There's just kind of. Now, it's not one trick, but it's just like that's kind of his thing. And I think if we watch a lot of these receivers that like speed is their thing, that's the that's the hardest thing to compensate for as you get a little older. You know, like you're right. You're, and he's de- he, he, he's developed. He's he's much more than a deep ball threat now. But I'm just yeah. saying when that speed goes. Yes, exactly. That's going to forever change his game. And I don't know, you know, him being on the smallish, smallish side. Exactly. What that's going to mean for him? Because I think you look okay. at you look right. at these uh, you look at these big. Uh, yeah, I know we're up against it. Uh, you look at these just real fast. These bigger wide receivers, and they're able to like bang around a little bit. I think that's why like Des Bryant right. got to play a little bit longer. Uh, you know, like Chad, uh, not Chad Ochoa. Uh, like we said, Terrell Owens. Like the fucking third time we're mentioning yeah. him, but he was able to bang around. All right, uh, my number one is so I have a one A and one B. I'll just fly through it. Ooh, um, couldn't keep it. You I, get, I know. You're getting most awesome on it. You're yeah, most awesome with it. Constellation bracket. We haven't brought one of those back in like 20 episodes. I'll do it. I'm on it. <laughs> uh, my one B is Mahomes, Barkley, Julio Jones. Uh, not super excited about Julio Jones. Julio Jones, you know, a year from now, uh, from now might not be the best wide receiver on his team, which would be nuts. But it's right. uh, that's too much youth and too much talent. The only thing that made it one B is I do like Mahomes a lot. Uh, still has, you know, a little bit more to prove. Barkley is on a shitty team. So that, I mean, he's still doing things like on a shitty team. So that's why my 1A right. is I think you got to like premium back is what fantasy football is all about. I got to go Todd Gurley. I got to go Aaron Rodgers. I got to go AJ Green. AJ Green getting up there a little bit, but he's proven Ooh. like he still has it. Now you're number one, it sounds like. No, I was, I, I, I would have put them number oh geez that's a tough yeah that's a that's a pretty good one i i definitely i i I, yeah pretty good it's good i i was gonna go barkley mahomes and julio as my number one just because um again aj AJ green is is an excellent receiver um in that same draft class with julio aaron Rodgers. Um, again, the health, age, yeah. all those things. Yeah. I, but then Gurley is the centerpiece of that, yeah. right? So if Gurley can hang on. Um, but I, I, I think Barkley, I just watching him last Thursday night, just do just Adrian Peterson. And we, I think we talked about it in our text chain, just Adrian Peterson type, just making guys miss, just unstoppable. I mean, he was truly a yeah. force, but he can catch out of the backfield, which is exciting. Yeah, you, you sprinkle that in with Pat Mahomes and his arm and his ability, and the 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 bottom floor, the growth that you're seeing. Yes, Julio Jones is the the weakest link of it, but it, hey, what a what a great weak link to have it. Um, I'm surprised none of us m- mentioned Ezekiel Elliott and. 
Jared Goff and DeAndre Hopkins. I would have thought you would have put them slightly above uh, above Gurley Rogers. Yeah, my, my only problem is like Zeke is on a super shitty football team right now, so it came a little bit of that. Maybe that's like kind of breaking the rules, but it's you know, two of these guys are on middling to not good teams, and you know, my number one has you know two teams with a winning record, and all all three of these are playoff contenders, and two of them are probably going to make it. While right. while you look at like yeah, Zeke, Goff, and Hopkins, like there's two two guys out. Yeah, but it, but if you look at it, just I'm also like I've, the, got, the I've got I've got a like I, fantasy projection of it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of low on Hopkins also, and I don't know. Like I would still take Rogers. I would still start Rogers and Mahomes over Golf, although he's yeah, he's Hopkins is the most Hopkins is the most underrated probably, probably. wide receiver. Probably. I don't yeah. think I don't think people give him a ton of credit. We never hear him. Um, he's kind of on this weird Houston team. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watson, where like, is he good? Is he not good? Is he going to get himself killed just by holding onto the ball forever? Right. Um, this is what we can't tell. So, so uh, Hopkins does not give the due that he deserves. He's a top flight, the probably one of the three best wide receivers in the league. But you know who's a friend of the podcast? It's got to be Deshaun Watson, Ooh. right? Like he kind of started this podcast. It was me calling you in an airport. We yeah. were talking about Deshaun Watson <laughs> for a solid 25. And we were like, brother, sure. what are you doing every weekend for an hour 15? And you're just like, we yeah. should just do yeah. an hour. And I'm just like, we'll let the audience decide. And they did. Okay. Uh, right. pretty guys. Hats <laughs> off to you, um, Banger, for that email. Uh, it's kind of like great combinations. It gave us. Not easy to do. Like it would have been easy just to send out a shitty one. But the fact that we didn't see eye to eye on the worst or the first means, you know, Good, uh, good kind of mixing it up. Good Rubik's Cuban yeah. there, brother. Uh, okay, well, let's uh, jump into this parenting tip. I'm excited. I haven't heard one in a while. Bring us to the jam. All right, MA, MA parenting tip. We're talking stop thief. What's going on? What's getting stolen? What's the haps? <laughs> Yes, I, I pulled that from uh, Kamishat's favorite. Uh, there's a Curious George book where there's a little uh, Easter egg hunt, and one of the kids at the Easter egg hunt calls George a thief because he's stealing all the Easter eggs. And it reminded me because, well, we've had to deal with a little thievery in, in the old uh, most awesome household. So, Oh, my God. Are you, are you going to accuse just... me of taking something when I left your house two weeks ago? I, well, we <laughs> do have security like... cameras in the house. So, yeah, <laughs> I got you on video. I want you to return, uh, <laughs> return, uh, oh shit. But those, uh, those, those four IPAs I took from your fridge and shoved in my suitcase. Fair yes. enough. I'll ship them back. Exactly. I was, I was, I was going to say the, uh, the pretzel buns and, and bratwurst. <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, no. So, so Kamish Ed came home from school one day and she had talked about a toy that one of her kids in her class brings to school. Now we don't send them off with toys because we know it's a distraction. And here's why. Uh, because uh, Kamishat couldn't keep her, her little hands to herself, and she pinched a Nom Nom doll, which I've never heard for. It's this stupid little trinket, and uh, and brought it home. And she came up to me, and she showed it to me. And she's like, look what I got, a Nom Nom doll. Mm-hmm. And and just being you know connected and kind of trying to figure it out. I go, where did you get that from? I got it from school. Did you ask anybody at school? Um, and you can always kind of tell when your kids are starting to, to get tell their, get, not the get truth. Get their lie on? <laughs> Exactly. Get their lie on. And so she told me, well, uh, I did ask somebody who the teacher and then you could just it, it's kind of spun out from there. I said, look, Kamishat, 
And that's what I said to her. Sure. <laughs> yeah, listen to me, Kamishad. Tell me, right. Tell me, if, if you don't tell me the truth now, when we go to school on Monday, because it, it was a Friday afternoon, when you go to school on Monday, I'm going to talk to your teacher and I'm going to find out the answer for real. So you tell me now. Which she did. Um, and she took it. She did not ask. She didn't even ask the kid who she took it because the kid had left earlier than she had and it was just sitting in their locker and she couldn't do it. So what did we do? I, I, obviously, I was upset. Um, I, so I had to sit there and kind of consult with Dr. Mrs. The Commission because I didn't want to weigh in on this because I wanted to make sure that I was dialed in on what it, on what, what the appropriate action was going to be. Yeah. Um, so what, it, what we decided is, is even though the school that she took it from is not the school that she goes to on Monday morning, um, we were going to take her to school on Monday morning, uh, apologize to the kid that she took it from, and make sure that she let the teacher know. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of forgot about it, and that's what we decided to do. And then Monday morning, you know, came about, um, and the, the the fear of having to go out there and do it was the scariest thing for her. Um, because her whole thing was is the kid who she took it from is going to not like me. She's going to be upset with me yeah. when I tell her that. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit of a gamble that you take because you don't really know how the other kid's going to react. But you have to say, you know, um, look, Kamishet, this is what you have to do. When you, take, when you do something wrong, you have to stand up and do the right thing and tell them. I did this, and I'm sorry. Yeah, because their because uh, their parents aren't present, right? Are the parents present for this, or is it you and Kamish at kind of watching Kamish at like just uh, in front of the teacher, like just kind of give this back? Right. Yeah, it's it's hard because if the, it depends on when they're. I mean, there's yeah. a good possibility that the kid wasn't even going to be there in the morning. Sure. To which we we're going to have to like you know pull the rip bandaid off slowly on this. But yeah, if the parent was going to be there, I would I would have clued the parent in right. and just kind of let them know um, if the uh, if the um, um, if the kid, you know, if, if it was just us and the kid, we would have lined him up there. So Kamisha went up there, gave the Nam Nam doll back to the child, uh, kind of very quietly gave an apology, but gave an apology. I kind of nudged her to speak up. The kid did great. Uh, clearly, they listened to the pod because the kid was like, I forgive you, Charlotte. Oh, look at that. Kamisha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> said Kamisha. You, yeah. you know. Right. And then, and then did an acapella hair. Don't worry about it. Bah, bah, bah. Like she did a little acapella hair. Horn. Awesome. <laughs> right, exactly. She said, you're my MVP <laughs> of the week. Um, but yeah. And then so, and so, you know, brought it all and brought and, and brought it all back. And then she went and told the teacher what she really didn't want to do. Teacher was very gracious about it. Cause I kind of clued her in. Um, but really when we were walking out, cause I was going to take her to our other school. So we have, we have kind of a split shift on, on how we do the, the school for, for commission. Um, so then, we uh, we 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 went to the other uh, other school, and I said, "Look, Kamishat, that's see, this is why we did this because the, the 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 anticipation of it is 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 the worst thing. Yeah. But when you do the right thing, look how people react. You don't have to worry about them, um, you know, being upset with you. And if they are upset with you, that's that's what they're dealing with. But you have to understand that it's the right thing to do to go up there and apologize and say you're sorry for something that you did that was wrong." So really the crux of it becomes about admission of, you know, condolences or, or um, you know, saying that you're sorry when you do something wrong and really kind of finding a hands-on application. Because it could have been easy for us to go, all right, we'll just take it back tomorrow. You know, we, we didn't go to that school on that day so we can kick the can down the road and just wait. Yeah. But you know what? It's one of those things where it's like I, I have so many 
uh, I have so many small opportunities to have yeah, a successful that's what I was gonna say. coaching it's, moment. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like it's it's that teachable moment, right? Like it's just like yeah. this is it's so impressionable. Like if you don't grab it now, yeah. and then you just you know you don't grab it now, but the next one you're just on like you're still like batting fifty fifty. You know what I'm saying? It's just like okay, right. dad. Like sometimes he immediately jumps on it. Like sometimes it just kind of like takes time. Like you just it seems that this age was something because it's like I think you would agree. Like in her head, I don't think it's like it's not calculated it's not first degree like it's not like it's not 100 like i'm doing wrong it's it's a little bit of just exploring like i don't think this is right i'm pretty sure it's not like i'm gonna fast track this i'm gonna kind of like and not even like test the waters to see like if you get in trouble but it's more of just like that layer is kind of like not laid in yet on just like this is like this is a no-go yeah and i don't even know if she really in the moment it's so much more about like impulses not f- I, I don't even know if she i don't think she kind of i don't think anything other than wanting to have the nom nom doll at that moment a- entered into a- into the thought process at all yeah because clearly the way that she came up and showed it to me was not sheepish or anything like that she could have hidden it from me it's a tiny little it's a tiny little thing so there's so in her mind there was it was nothing more than just her having this cool toy which she we, liked, you don't you don't think you there's know, you don't think like, there's an angle of um I think this is wrong. I'm not quite sure. So, like, I'll present it to dad. And if dad is just like, like, oh, that's that's great, then maybe it's not that bad. You don't think it's that? No, because no, it didn't, it didn't, it doesn't come into play. Because the way she came up to me was all smiles and happy and excited to show mm. me. When okay. I, when my, when my tone changed and started kind of asking what the circumstances were, that's where I think it kind of like, you know, that, uh, that rack focus shot in most Spike Lee movies <laughs> where the background's fading <laughs> yeah, out yeah, yeah. the camera's dialing in yep, tight. Yep, 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 like yep, that's yep. where it kind of set in. And she was all like, oh shoot, I, this is, I did something wrong. And the, the lying was actually the worst thing. So she lost, she was pen, punished for lying in the beginning, which we lost a show that night. Um, but then I think the the moment to go back and 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 really you know hammer home was the going out there and apologizing. I did something wrong, and I'm going to go out there and apologize for it. Um, and so I think I think now when stuff like this will happen, this hopefully this foundational moment will enter in here and and kind of curb some of those those impulse related things that happen. We all have things, even as adults, I've seen adults just have yeah, it's, it's, get, it's, uh, of moments. Yeah, it's my gambling website. Yeah. I'm hundred percent familiar with impulses. <laughs> right. I was going to say, road rage, <laughs> but yeah, you know, they're the, the same road thing. Rage. Uh, awesome, man. Well, we don't say it enough. We're up against it, but, uh, I don't, I don't say it enough, but on this situation, man, like sometimes just this insight lets me see like, you know, hats off to you brother like serious like round of applause like because it's just like it's so important and you can just hear it like for you to however tired you are however much shit you have going on like still prioritizing like and recognizing that's a teachable moment and making that a huge priority which i know you do uh dynamite dad uh thanks for sharing the parenting tip brother appreciate it dynamite dad and a dynamite pod dynamite pod uh all right well (laughs) i don't know why i always do these back to back uh Tap on the back, and now high noon, motherfucker! Get out your six shooter. Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me, and we just disagree. 
Oh. All right, Neapolitan Showdown. Uh, we're doing Yacht Rock Top 3. Let's talk about it. We haven't done a singing one in 15 episodes. So Yacht Rock is defined. Uh, it's adult, Ooh, I love it. adult contemporary soft rock music, late 70s mm-hmm. to mid 80s. And that's it's such a vague Perfect. description, but it's like one of those. It's like uh, you know, however that famous quote is like talent. Like I know it when I hear it. <laughs> like I just right, like right. I, a, can't, yeah, exactly. I, I can't I can't like uh like list them all out, but it's just like yep, that's yacht rock. Uh, it's so funny too because when we were preparing for this, I tried to explain to Doctor Mrs. The Commish what yacht rock sure. was because I had to, <laughs> I had to really get dialed in. I knew the general sense of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I did, but it's like one of those things right. where I'm like I'm not really sure. And she's like, oh, she's like, you mean like Jimmy Buffett? I was like, no, no exactly, no, no. exactly. That's that's she's the like, trap. But yeah, she's yeah. like, no, but that's but that's well, everything you're saying to me is like, yeah. And I was yeah. like, but but, but now, but, but now. not. Yes, correct. Yeah. It's uh, all right. Well, you you got the W last week, yeah. Did Tom Tom gave no, you, you the, the one? W, oh, Tom did give it to me because he's right. We had our sandwiches. Uh, yes. All right, I'll take the ball yep. out. Uh, all right, I, I did fire these up because what I do like to laugh about also is that brain of the talents can remember stats from <laughs> 1972 rebounds in like the Eastern Conference, but just just the who sings a song just doesn't stick. Lyrics and who sings a song just like doesn't lock up in that most awesome brand of yours so we do have music queued up in case we need it uh also we're gonna have to right. sing we're gonna have to right. sing a little bit let's give the audience what they want in this like can i give you can i can i give you my my criteria on this sure for, <laughs> absolutely for absolutely i love criteria one thousand okay. percent i love it okay so first off for me sure because yes you're right the uh the achilles heel in my podcast game is music and music lyrics uh-huh. Um, so it's got to have a great hook for me because the hooks are the easiest thing for me <laughs> sure, to remember. Yeah. And and even but here's the funniest thing is is I, even when I think I know them, I don't really know them. Yeah, like I almost so, I, you know what I mean. Like like, like I, the, I, no, I, I feel like the song kind of has to be like named also like what the hook is like like Bohemian Rhapsody kind of throws yeah. you off like in the Queen song because you're just like they don't ever say that <laughs> like it has to be like a one to one ratio. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, and for the yacht rock, I, I definitely want it to be uh, something that hits in my vocal range because oh, okay, yeah, so all right, all right. Fine. But you know, thank God, this is my genre yeah. because, like, uh, thank God for Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald. All right, let's not spoil the ending. That is my vocal range right there. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I know, <laughs> but well, and then and then here the other thing is is I, I like to envision myself like in that late, you know, cusping the day drinking that's now cuspid. Cusp, oh, exactly. How do you say it? Cusp, cusping. You know, yeah, cu- eclipsing, cusping, eclipsing, yeah. cusping. Eclipsing, How do you say not. cusping? Cusping. Cups, cu- cusping. I know cusp, but like you're bre- kind of breaking into. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. You're you're you're, you're, you're pulling into, you're pull, pulling me into this sinking ship, brother. Yeah, exactly. Into late afternoon, kind of that early evening, Jake. Because that's the fun yeah. when the sun's starting. Yeah, to set, I was just gonna say sunset. Like, drinking beers all day, but you know what? Give me the Pinot Grigio. Let's rock this party. Let's keep it going in the exactly. Evening. I'm kind of picturing the uh, so the, there's grill smells coming down. You smell like a little grill, oh, like yes. maybe it's being fired up. Yeah, uh, you're yeah, definitely you're sitting in one of those like uh, those late eighty lawn chairs that just have the strips of just like they're kind of like rubber straws, like a bunch of rubber straws together yes. that you're sitting on, like on a, right. like not wearing a shirt, like the beer belly's a little bloated how, from like the day drinking. Yes. <laughs> how does how do those strands pick up the rust? I know it's from the mechanical, like, yeah. but how do they always get? Rusty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, we are eye to eye. So my first jam that comes on this playlist as someone's cooking up my hot dog and I'm kind of sitting there 
grabbing my next. Uh, I, I do like your switching to the white wine as the sun sets. 100% agree. Uh, I'm going yes. uh, Jerry Rafferty right down the line. I don't think you don't know. It. I knew, I had I had no. <laughs> I mean, maybe I do when I hear it. Yeah. I got to get into the that's the intro. Down the line. You sing it, sing it, V. I should have brought the lyrics one. It's like I love you, woman. Yeah, this. One. Can you hear it? I can hear. Oh, I can hear it. Yeah, Do you know this absolutely. song? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling. I don't know okay. this song. I really don't know <laughs> this song. It's funny. I just apologize for like doubting the hour of power, and we're definitely going over it. It was you, <laughs> woman, right down the line. All right, that's my number three. <laughs> okay, beautiful. I just like the way okay. he says "woman." He's just like, "It was you, woman." It's just like a lot of passion in that. Yes. Okay. I love it. So, so your number three and my number three are very similar in the fact that they reference a lady. Oh, uh, oh man. It's, it's hard. Like a lot of, it's hard to do yacht rock and not reference a lady and call her lady or exactly. woman, which I'm sure our female listeners are going to be ecstatic right. about. Or, or, or my favorite, which is, uh, Rupert Holmes, who I didn't mm-hmm. know who sang this song. I had no idea, but I, I, in my extensive yacht rock research today, um, sings the song escape, which I didn't know what that was, but it's the Pina Colada song. Do you know the Pina Colada song? Feel it. I was tired of my lady. If you like Pina Coladas. It's you know, it's based on a true story. And it's uh, this guy put out a personal ad about like that's the personal ad. He put, true story. Yeah. Okay. Put okay. a personal ad okay. about what it, what he was looking for, and then his fucking wife answers the personal ad. Is this and then like they like, go fucking on a date. Like you know, like eighties tales. Like you know, Mikey died. No, this is no, no. This is this is this is true. This is true as fuck. This is true. This, as fuck. this is what happened to. Uh, so Ripper I'm going to give you. Yeah. Uh, so I knew yours. I think what we're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to give one bonus point if the other knows the song and can sing it. I knew yours. You didn't know mine because it just shows our yacht rock depth. Right. Uh, so I'm gonna give you Pina. Do you like Pina Coladas? Oh sure, yeah. All right. Oh, do That's, I? Oh, do uh, I like? Pi- oh, do I like Pina Coladas in yeah. real life? Not really. Yeah, but yeah. I will, but oh, I will okay. when the sun sets, and I'm feeling with oh, my okay. old lady. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you 300 for the calories in a pina colada, and that dance earns 15 points, and go. then you have a plus zero for not knowing mine. <laughs> and then I'm going to get oh Jared Rafferty right down the line, woman uh 330. All right, 330 to 315 going into jam two. All right, I have um I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fucking start it here for you because I want to hear this jam. Okay. Okay, the intro is kind of. Do you know this song? Can you hear me calling? Oh man, no. I'm... You know I don't know, and I don't know what to say. Ooh, I wanna be with you everywhere. Fleetwood Mac, oh, everywhere. There you go. Oh, I know that a band. Classic. Mud- <laughs> you do, you do. 
you do I just hit the microphone I'm so excited uh you do know that that is a, a Fleetwood Max god are you talking Yacht Rock and Fleetwood Mac doesn't come up you don't know Yacht Rock sir That's that right. is a it's classic it's got oh it's got everything you want from like a 70s band like everyone's sleeping with everybody and writing songs about and they're yeah. still like they're performing because they're professionals they're professional just because i'm banging your wife and i wrote this song about her doesn't mean we don't go on stage tonight at the staples center sorry our hands are tied we got a show <laughs> right. we got to get out there we are get professionals. it on exactly <laughs> i like it i like it um yeah i don't i only know i don't think i know i don't i i know of fleetwood back i don't even know if i could name like an actual fleetwood mac song although i do like stevie nicks right mm. she's in fleetwood mac right yeah i try to quit trying to get bonus points but yes she okay. is all right yeah, yeah exactly that's this, correct how sad is it how i'm trying to dig deep on these songs it's like every every person listening is like it's, well i guess i guess now you know what the fuck i feel like that's why i want this segment to go on forever because <laughs> it's just like if i like watching you do all these sports stats i just sit around i'm just like how did you know it? and just like watch me scramble it's just like i don't know who played power forward for the like miami heat in the early 80s like this is what it feels like bro this is what it feels like okay okay beautiful okay so i'm gonna go with my number two which you said if you you you, you, how can you not have yacht rock without fleetwood mac and my point would be how can you not have it without the doobie brothers oh yeah Mm. what a fool believes yep what a fool believes you were so close what a a fool believes (laughs) there you go uh Okay, so I'm going to give... Uh... See, right in my vocal range, B. I don't know the words, yeah, all but right. I, can, I can be there singing. I, did I, did I, am I scaring you with my singing? I love it. I love how you... I, like, I'm loving the dance. I'm loving the singing. I just... I don't want to stop. I'm getting a free show. I'll give myself, uh, myself 1,000 just because of Fleetwood Mac is a staple. Uh, so 315. I'm going to give you Doobie Brothers. Uh, good news for you is a correct answer. Uh, yes. Fool Believes is the wrong song. Oh. It's Doobie Brothers. Listen to the music. Whoa, whoa, whoa. listen to the music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa, yeah, yeah. Whoa. A, a little fun fact of mine. Uh, the first play I wrote and put up, uh, that was the centerpiece song. So, uh, really, that's all that fun fact. So yeah, so I'm gonna give you half. Uh, I'll give you half credit on that because you do need the band. You got the wrong song. So it's 13:30 to. 815 with your plus 500 going into the final round uh there's a lot of dead heats this one's not looking like one of those all right the final song i have is i'll pull it up this is so talk about fleetwood mac you sure you should probably take a swing on this one i'll give you okay so i will give you you don't even have to give the song i'll give you bonus 500 if you can tell me what staple yacht rock band i'm about to play for you um. Oh, is it Hall and Oates? Ooh, so close, so close. Sure. Little Steely Dan, motherfucker. Steely Dan. Oh, goddamn This is a good one. A little like dirty it. work. Steely Dan, dirty work. If it's, can't you just? Whoa, yeah. Right, that's it, right? Yeah, exactly. Can't you feel just kind of like? It's like it's Sunday, like the sun's setting, like someone brought you over the potato salad, the hot dog, like you got, you're drinking like uh you're drinking a Coors banquet beer, not Coors Light, motherfuckers, yep, Coors yep. banquet beer. 
that like someone's like 11 year old kid ran and grabbed for you from the cooler because you didn't want to get out of your chair. Right, right. Here, let me interject. And everyone's... Let me interject on that. The, yeah, my, yeah, buddy. What do you uh, got? Mr. Forsar's favorite game was, hey, I'll time you. And I would go sprinting off to get that tank of beer. <laughs> and he'd just come back. He'd see me in the distance. He'd be like 37, 38, 39, you know. Oh, my God. Mr. Four Stars, you need to – you know what? I'm going to let – I'll probably get this W. Mr. Four Stars, though, we will let you, as a guest not on the pod, you email us in and let us know who won this Yacht Rock round. If we have to go back and change the record books, we will. What do you have for your number three song, Most Awesome? Okay, let's see if I can pull it up, pull it up here. Steve Winwood, Valerie. Do you know this song? Mm. Oh, God. I think you do. Yeah. I do. Oh, we're going to let it get to... Let's hit Valerie together, brother. You ready? Yeah. In, Here's coming in up. arms. Yes. Valerie, Valerie, come and see. Valerie, come and see me. I'm the same boy I used to be. Burp, burp. Uh, yeah. Oh, I should probably be holding it in the wrong mic. Yeah, yes. that's right. Valerie. Excellent. Because I, I can hit that high note. Mm-hmm. Valerie. Especially I mean, with you, a few little, little wines of me. I'm giving you 1,000. Like, you really went for it. I'm going to give myself 2,000 because I unprompted saying more of the lyrics <laughs> to what you yes. put up there without saying oh, yeah. it. I well, know. I had to, like, I, had to like I know my yacht, the right. lyrics today. You know what I mean? Uh, I know, brother. Uh, that is... Uh, 3,330 to 1,815. Brandana oh, with bad. the two Pete. Uh, let's talk about love. let's talk about some of your your constellations because I know you got a couple of constellations. Oh, okay. We are we are super super up against it. Uh, okay, but okay. I will. Uh, so I have um, Jackson Brown. Got to talk Jackson Brown. We're talking. Uh, she's yep. got to be somebody's babe. She's all mine, yeah, yeah. and she's gonna be somebody's. Uh, I had Holland Oates. I I did have Doobie Brothers listen to music on my list, and I had uh, you have to have Steely Dan and fuck the Eagles. The Eagles are on there. I don't need any Eagles music. I'm good. <laughs> You're good. So I'm good. I love love how all mine are all the hooks. Like I had Foreigner. I've oh, sure. been waiting. For <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A girl like right. you. Yeah. And then I had Player. Baby, come back. Any kind of fool could see I was wrong. Baby, come back. <laughs> and then uh, Seals and Crops, Summer Breeze. Summer Breeze makes me feel fine. Oh, something, no. something, mm, something man. down the something. Man, you're cooking. You're cooking with gas. And then. <laughs> man, I'm feeling the grill now. I got the, grill, the grill I, is out. The sun has set on most awesome. That is a brandana <laughs> to Pete. Uh, all right, brother. Let's take him to the gambling corner. Tom's about to come on. Bring us to that jam. Dana Gambling Corner. This week we are talking about NBA futures. We're going to talk a little championship odds and we're going to talk a little bit about the MVP odds. And we have for the first time ever a guest returning. Not only are they returning for a second segment, 
it is back-to-back episodes. We have Tom Fleming here with us in the studio. What's going on, Tom? Oh, nothing much, nothing much. Fighting a cold that I picked up in Vegas last weekend, but otherwise doing quite well, trying to ignore the baseball is, game over my shoulder. But is that, that is that why you sounded so so quiet in last pod? You got you got the flu bug? All right, <laughs> all right, all right. That's that's most awesome taking a little jab at his boy Brandana over here. No, uh, no, no, no. Yeah. By the way, by the way, it's you're on a two peat. Yeah, Tom, you're on a two-peat. That's right. Two-peat. Very much on a two-peat. Uh, yeah, brother. We, it was very uh, patchwork together the last time we had you on the pod. And uh, apologies again. Let's give you the credit you do deserve, uh, Dynamite Pod. But, you know, we pulled you on last time because we really wanted to hear a little bit about your NBA take. Uh, I know you're a big NBA fan, big Clippers fan. Uh, so I'm just going to – let's just dive right into it. I'm going to say a little bit about the championship odds, and I want to see what jumps out to you and what jumps out to most awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the top okay. 10, all these are above 101 odds. There's a little fall off afterwards. Uh, we have Golden State, 1-2. Celtics is 6-1. to one. Rockets, 9-1. to one. Lakers, 12-1. to one. 76ers, 12-1. to one. Raptors, 22-1. to one. Oklahoma City Thunder forty to one. Got the Bucks seventy-five to one. Spurs seventy-five to one. Jazz seventy-five to one. Tom, where are you putting your money? God, with a list like that, unfortunately, this year it's probably not going to be very entertaining. Uh, if you want to win anything, you're probably going to go for the Warriors or the Celtics. With that in mind, because the Celtics give you a little bit uh, of a larger stake in the game, I think I might go with them at this point. They've got five legitimately upper echelon players in this league at least one super excuse me one superstar and uh four extremely strong uh, uh players that i think match up fairly well with golden state uh when i think that those two teams will eventually match up in the finals and, and here's the other thing that i like on that too is is coaching in the nba playoffs and the nba playoffs matters and I like Brad Stevens <clears throat> scheme-wise with what he was able to do last year with Gordon going down, obviously in the game one, Kyrie going down, and then basically taking a patchwork Celtics team to game seven against the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron. I mean, a LeBron that just wasted the entire East. So I like the advantage head coaching-wise and matchup-wise uh over uh, Steve Kerr. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't want to hop on the favorite. Also, but uh, just real fast, the Celtics is who I like coming out of the East, and it's for that point right there. I think you're talking about most awesome is the fact that we haven't even seen their best squad. You know, like finally they had right. like you know uh, the injury bug, and they got that team you know to run into the buzzsaw that was the Cavaliers, and just kind of you know LeBron's will is LeBron's will, and he makes shit happen in the postseason. But it's just any other team coming out of the East, I don't really see that happening. The big thing I want to talk about also is. Uh, Tom, let me know your thoughts on this. So the, I, I just went through those 10 teams. Seven of those teams are coming out of the West. Is the West that much better than the East? Uh, I think it's without a doubt. I was looking at uh, my projected standings for the end of the season uh, just because we've got a little bit of a bet going on with a few NBA fans at work. And I've legitimately got 11, 12 teams coming, er, out of the West that – would match up. I mean, that 11th team in the West is still better than what I think the fourth or fifth team in the East is. Um, they're ridiculously strong, and the weight going towards the Wets even it, it got heavier when LeBron came to the Lakers. So it's right. I, I don't think it's uh, unimaginable to uh, see a scenario in which there are three teams out of the West with a winning record that don't make the playoffs. A couple of those may be getting relatively close 
to 50 wins. I would say that there will be a team with 46 or 47 at least that doesn't make the playoffs. So most awesome. Give me your uh, give me your final four right now. Ooh, if I was to give you a final four, uh, obviously Golden State is my one, and I'm so so the Rockets to me and and Tom, you you could probably chime in on this. The Rockets to me, I feel if if Chris Paul doesn't stay healthy, are 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 they as scary of a team without Chris Paul? I mean, we saw it in the playoffs. We saw him losing in the playoffs. I'm just not as frightened with them. And Chris Paul being uh, an advanced age, if you will, for an NBA player makes me nervous that he's going to hold up under duress for the whole season. So I'm not a big fan of the Rockets as much as I would say. um, I mean, obviously you have the Lakers. If the Lakers gel, LeBron can carry a worse ragtag group. The West is much more loaded. But do you go the Lakers? Do you go... um, do you go a team like Portland or do you go a team like Utah that could sneak out of the West, just kind of unexpected? That's, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, but I'm going to go stay if I'm going to go Golden State and Lakers. And then, um, and then I'm going to go with Boston, Toronto out of the East. What do you think? What do you think, Tom, your final four? I match up identically with him with the uh, East Toronto and um, Boston are the two teams that I have coming out of there. Uh, there's a couple of wild cards there, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the Bucks and the and the Sixers are definitely in that mix. Bucks, where, Bucks on my radar. Bucks on my radar. But both of those teams sort of lost semi-important pieces to that uh, that winning puzzle last year. With the 76ers, a lot of people won't remember that um, you know they were they were a good team, but they weren't a great team until they executed a couple of trades that brought in. Uh, Marco Bellinelli and uh, Irsan Ilyasova last year, which really spread, uh, spread the floor for them and allowed a player like Ben Simmons, who can't do it, um, space right. enough to be able to get to the, uh, the basket on a regular basis and really show his acumen as a, uh, as a distributor as well. Uh, so, when you can, when you can... so, so back on the, on, on the 76ers, are you thinking, though, that they, they, they picked up Wilson Chandler who's going to fill in a little bit on that, on that, uh, Irian, I can't say his last name, the Turkish guy. You're so you know Ilyasova. <laughs> thank you. Thank Damn, you. Quite the uh, guess. Nice. Exactly. So he's going to fill in and, and do that role. And are they expecting Fultz to make a bit of a bump and, and take that next leap in terms of, uh, somebody who can carry the, the, the second string offense a little bit. I would definitely expect, uh, Fultz to, to take that step. Um, I think they've right. shown a lot of confidence this offseason. Uh, keeping him around, I know that it's come out recently that in those trade negotiations with the Spurs when Kawhi Leonard was still uh, available and the 76ers were rumored as one of those teams that were reaching out, um, I believe they didn't make uh, Markel Fultz available. And I think that speaks volumes yeah. to their confidence in him as a player. The only issue I have is he was such a terrible shooter last year. Um, right. To sort of fill that role as an offensive or um, an efficient three and D type of player, which is really what they needed. Um, I don't. I don't see it. I think that we're gonna. The casual fan is gonna see an improvement from Fultz, but you may, may not see an improvement from the team as a whole as a result. Right. I. I really do have them taking a small step backwards. Uh, at least early in the season, we'll see how it, you know, 
sort of works out over the course of a season, whether they make another trade um, for more shooters or what. I, I, it, right. it's, it's impossible to tell what a team like that that feels like they're only you know, a, a small trade away from being a championship team will do in February. Um, the, kind of the same thing with, uh, with Milwaukee at this point. They did a really good job um, keeping Chris Middleton around, I thought. I thought they were mm-hmm. that he was their bet their second best player behind um, Giannis last year, and as a Clipper fan, when uh, DeAndre Jordan was being rumored as a uh, trade target by the Bucks during the trade deadline of last season, I was really praying to get my hands on or their hands on uh, Chris Middleton. That didn't come to fruition. They were able to move uh, uh, Blake Griffin, and uh, the fortune <laughs> of that franchise actually two two of those franchises have changed. Right. Uh, dramatically as a result of that one. As All right, so two West, quick questions before we jump into the MVP, if I can jump in here, uh, Tom. Uh, so you got your boys, the Clippers, at 400 to 1. You're putting a C note on that, brother. I'm not putting a C <laughs> note on them to, uh, to win a championship this year. I don't think they have anywhere near the amount of star power, but they are 1 through 15 very deep. They've got 15 guys right. that belong on any. Uh, NBA roster, and I would I, I would honestly argue that all 15 of those guys could make it into the rotation for most teams in the NBA. So as as deep as the West is, I do think they're one of those teams that's in the conversation for a playoff team. And they were five to one a couple of weeks ago to make the playoffs. I did put a C note on that. Oh, nice. Uh, the second question go. is: So Golden State, for those of you that don't totally know how odds work. Uh, they are one to two, which means you bet one hundred dollars, you win fifty. This is obviously a dynasty. How right. does a dynasty in an NBA team dissolve? Like I'm an NFL guy, I know like people kind of get older. Like uh, obviously there's salary cap issues. I'm sure. Like when is this Golden State run going to come to an end? Uh, from my perspective, uh, we don't know what's going to happen after this particular season. I think it would be hard to imagine a scenario in which they don't win a uh, national champion, or excuse me, an NBA Finals again this year. You'd have to see a scenario in which both Curry and Durant miss substantial second half uh, of the season time and either aren't playing during the playoffs or are just coming back from an injury that might have kept most people out the rest of the season. Um, other than that, you've got two huge free agents uh, coming up next summer in Durant and Clay Thompson. Uh, for a long time, I've said that Clay Thompson is the perfect third or fourth banana on that team, uh, or for any championship team for that matter. He's the kind of player that can be extremely efficient uh, towards a winning ball club without actually spending a lot of time with the ball in his hands. He's an excellent defender, extremely good three-point shooter, and when he's asked to, he can create his own shot. He's just not asked to do that very often. Uh, so that's a big piece. With him, I actually think he takes a bit of a discount to stay with the Warriors. He's given no indication that he wants to leave that franchise. Um, I think Durant might actually leave. If they win another championship this season, I think he might seek out a situation in which he becomes the number one player on that team again. And he might be looking for a situation back on the East Coast, whether it might be in... Uh, New York, there has been rumors that he's attracted yeah. to the Knicks, the Knicks situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or who knows, maybe a situation uh, with another 
you know, franchise like the Indiana Pacers or the Clippers that have enough room to sign two max free agents. All right, uh, all right, the Clippers. Oh, well played. That's uh, <laughs> a little back, transparent. Uh, most awesome. What's your thoughts real fast before we jump to MVP? Uh, in terms of just of this, uh, just the dynasty, NBA dynasty coming to an end. Uh, when's this gotcha. end of the ro- yeah, road for Golden State? Is it, it preordained this year? Yeah, well, I think obviously the the betting odds, and and Tom kind of nailed it. It's it's the only team that's really going to stop them is, is themselves, if, and they fall to injury. You got Boogie coming back kind of midway through the season. Uh, I'll be interested to see how he meshes with that uh, quartet that's already there. But you still got re- really solid role players in Iguodala, Sean Livingston, um, uh, Jordan Bell, the the second year player who had good rotational minutes, is a good defensive player for them so you, you know you, you really almost have to look out for some sort of injury situation for them to to fall off the mantle i don't see if you get like if you get the celtics although the celtics are probably the most compelling finals matchup uh in a seven game series i just don't think that they have the pieces to mesh with them although i do like boston's potential small ball um against the you know the the lineup of, of the Hampton Four, if you will, of the Golden State Warriors. There, um, I like what they can do fa- facilitating deep defensively um, and kind of trying to stopping some of their assets. But at the end of the day, it's going to be it's going to be very very difficult for anybody to unseat the Warriors. All right, we're up against it as we always are. We will get to our best bets at the very end of the segment. Let's jump in real fast. It's been a few minutes on. NBA MVP odds. Here's what we're looking at. We got LeBron James at 333, uh, Anthony Davis at plus 450, Giannis at plus 500, Harden at plus 650, Kawhi Leonard at plus 950, Durant is plus 1000, Steph Curry at plus 1200, Embiid at plus 1500, Kyrie Irving at plus 1500, and Russell Westbrook at plus 1600. What do you guys like? My question out of the gate also is, how can Westbrook be that low if he was neck and neck averaging a triple-double that time? Like, this time, like, not this time last year, but the end of last year, like, he was super close to it, and, like, now he's way down there. That's nuts to me. Uh, from my perspective, I, I, I would, if you really want to put 100 bucks out there and uh, take a chance at I do. some real money. I do. Good question. I would reach for <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Yeah, he won the, the MVP two years ago. Um, right. And it would probably take a third straight season of averaging a triple-double and a two, maybe a three-seed in the West to accomplish it. Um, but right. Yeah, that's what I want to ask, superstar. too. It's, 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 a, it's a little bit of a traveling trophy, right? Like, it's not necessarily the most valuable player of that year. No, and it, like, oftentimes it, it, it gets really muddied down. Because two years ago, uh, the players voted James Harden as their MVP the writers who actually award the uh, MVP uh, voted for Russell Westbrook. And it's hard to fault them. It's the first time that somebody's averaged a triple-double for a season since uh, um, Oscar Robertson. Oscar Robertson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's not something that comes along every day. Well, he did it a second time, and there was no doubt. Nobody thought that anybody other than James Harden was going to win the MVP, in spite of the fact that James Harden's rebounding numbers and assist numbers dropped uh, with right. the addition of Chris Paul last season. Um, but right. it, it almost felt like it was one of those awards that was being given as a rite of passage. You, you've gone through the gamut. You've proved that you can do it for several years at a time. 
Uh, and so we're finally going to you know, bequeath this award to you. If you really want right. to look at a couple of guys that are most likely to win this award this year, I would look at Anthony Davis and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, both of those guys have been excellent NBA players for the last couple of years. And Anthony Davis really came on during the second half of last season. Mm -hmm. He put up MVP-like numbers, and he held that team on his shoulders after Boogie went down. Uh, Giannis mm -hmm. has improved his statistics and obviously his game every single season that he's been in the NBA, and he's going into this season with a ton of hype. So if he measures up to it, yeah. I think it'd be hard to choose anybody else. Well, um, say, his last, know, say his last name again. Antetokounmpo. Damn. Man, we picked the right flair. fucking guy. Impressive. <laughs> yeah. Most awesome. Who you got for MVP right now with these odds? Look, I mean, he's covering all the gamut again. Yeah, well, let's go and talk about. Here's the thing: is is talk me out of the Toronto Raptors. I keep looking at the Toronto Raptors, mm -hmm. who basically kept their core, traded away Demar Derozan, um, and I know him and Kyle Lowry had had vibed pretty well. Uh, but he was their Achilles heel in uh, the playoffs as well as defensively. And now we thrust in Kawhi Leonard at 950 to 1. Quiet Kawhi. If he goes in there and they shred the East and get first seed, maybe win 60 games, could this be something that we talk about? I mean, is is, is a long shot because I like, I like Giannis. I like Anthony Davis. Um, I even like. I think if LeBron wins fifty eight games and they get the second seed in the Lakers, they're gonna. They're, they're just. They're, they're. The NBA is not gonna miss that marketing opportunity to talk about LeBron in in LA. Well, let's also let's remind but, our listeners when is the MVP awarded? Like, do we get to see like a little bit of what happens in the postseason, or is it just at the very end of the regular season it's awarded? Because no, I because I agree with you, most awesome. Like I like my question would be, all right, LeBron James. Like, how many is does it take? Does he need to get to, you know, the the you know his, like the Western Conference Finals to get like an MVP, or is it like decided at the end of the regular season? No, it's it, it may be awarded during the postseason. They've actually established right. a, an award show now that they do right. post uh, NBA Finals, but it's actually a regular season award, and that's actually right. my argument against Kawhi Leonard. I love him as a player, and I think that he could play at an MVP level and still end up fourth or fifth in the voting because Toronto ran the East last year, at least during the regular right. season. They had the number one seed, so there's nowhere to go up with that. Uh, although their expectations with most of the pundits have them finishing in second or third this season, I think it's hard to imagine, even though he's a newcomer to the team, he sat out last season for the most part, um, and they may win 60 ball games. I, it, it would be hard unless every other candidate in, in that top 10 sort of lays an egg. Yeah, I that's what I was kind of thinking. Like, where he ends up with that award. Yeah, does, it, does his soft spokenness kind of work against him also? I just like, I don't know, Anthony Davis is fun to watch. Like, uh, Giannis, like, Harden, obviously not like afraid of the camera. Like, LeBron, I was obviously around there. Like, does that work against you as an MVP candidate? I think so. I mean, the, the NBA writers, they're not experts. They're not scouts. They're not game analysts. They're, these are the, you know, the columnists. They're the Woody Hayes of the, of the world that are awarding this to a particular right. player. They're look, so they're, they're, they're looking for storylines. They're, they're not actually looking for the best player on, on, on the court. Yes. Um, no, and, and but that's the thing is, is it, I, I, I keep talking myself into this Toronto Raptors team and uh, for all those things. And, 
I'm very interested. I, if you were to pick a team to come out of the East, if you were to look at those odds, I'd, I'd lay into those odds because I think that they could sneakily come out of there. And that's the reason we talk about expectations is there's, you know, they're, they're, they're ranked or they're rated to go second in the East. Everyone thinks the Celtics are going to go. We talked yeah. about Westbrook being at plus six, 1600, even though, you know, he had a triple double and, you know, won the MVP two years ago. Mm. So, and part of that was part of the reason is, is that the debacle that Oklahoma city was last year with Paul George and with Carmelo Anthony on that team, they lose mellow. Now it's just Paul George and whoever, and they're kind of wishy-washy on, is this going to be a, you know, a 45 and, and, you know, whatever win team. Yeah. Okay. So we're, uh, we are up against it. Tom, thanks so much for jumping back on and being our NBA correspondents, uh, real fast. Uh, I know you got to take off. You're getting a flight. Um, I want you guys to give me your best bets coming out of these entire conversations. I am going to go with, I'm going to, the best bet I'm going with is I'm going to take Giannis at uh plus 500 as my NBA MVP. Most awesome. You want to take it? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I will. I'm actually, I'm going to go LeBron. I keep at plus three thirty three. If, like I said, if they get to second in the East and there's the, the, the showtime reborn. I, again, like we talked about, I don't think the writers are going to be able to stay away from that juicy little nugget. Yeah. And the NBA is going to be incredibly excited to push that because the NBA is better when their major, major city programs are, are doing well in LA. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a storyline that's going to be too juicy for them to give up. And on. real fast, I don't want to give up, but it's just like, I don't, is that payoff enough? Most awesome. Like it's, it's a little over three to one for, you know, him to dramatically turn that franchise around and get, I think we both agree it's got to be above a four seed. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you're, if you're sitting your money out there for four months, yeah, maybe it's not the best payout. Maybe you, you, maybe you are looking at something like uh, a 1500 or a 1600 to say, Hey, like if I'm going to have this money out there floating around, I, I want to get a little bit, bit of a return on it. Yeah, but, but, but I think I, I think you're right. And to Tom's point, you know, like uh, like I said, like, these aren't professionals. These are like sports writers. They like storylines. And you're right. That's a really strong storyline. We've been waiting for LeBron to come to L.A. for what now, like five fucking years, and he's finally here. And right. he takes kind of like all these right. young kids and really makes a run. Tom, real fast, what's your best bet, brother? Um, I'm going to have to go with Anthony Davis. You guys left him on the board and, because he's got <laughs> essentially the lowest threshold uh, for success. You know, everybody's right. talking up the West and how tough it is. Everybody's been waiting for Anthony Davis to become that next big thing. If yeah. he ends up as a three or a four seed on a team that, honestly, he's going to have to carry to get there, I think he runs away with the award. So I'll take that's, Anthony Davis at plus 450. That's great. And I'll close out on this. I did take a note of this. I wrote this down. Pelicans 100 to 1 to win the NBA championship. I mean, that's $10,000 for 100 bucks. Maybe not the weirdest money you've ever spent. Definitely not the weirdest money I've ever spent. Right. <laughs> All right, Tom. Thanks so much for uh, jumping on, brother. Uh, most awesome. I'm going to jump into the MVPs. Have a safe trip. Talk soon, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Tom. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. All right. Uh, MVP of the week. Who do you got, brother? I'm going to go with uh, a guy named Gary Cobb, former Philadelphia Eagle. I love it when guys get on uh, local TV and then just kind of make asses of themselves. They're talking <laughs> about it. the Eagles and their two and three. I love it. Uh, talking about their two and three record, and they asked him what he what they needed to do to get it turned around, and he basically said that they need to uh, go on a fast. And they're like, a food fast? They're like, no, not a food fast. A fast from sex. And then he was like, and they're all losing their minds. 
And he was like, All right, it clouds your mind. It clouds your mind. So Gary Cobb going on national TV telling guys um, yeah. like your your uh, Mickey in Rocky's Corner that it weakens the legs or something like that. Uh, yeah. You're my MVP of the week. Yeah, ter- terrible advice. Uh, I have uh, my MVP of the week. I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to go with an auctioneer at uh, Sotheby's last week that sold a Banksy painting. You hear about this, brother? <gasps> I did hear about so, this. Sold a Banksy painting for, uh, it was like 1 million pounds, which is roughly like $1.4 million. Uh, right after it sold and he hit the gavel, uh, the frame comes alive and shreds half the painting. And then it stops halfway through. Yes. No one knows what the fuck's going on in the room. Everyone's just kind of like standing and staring. And then he says, um, and we're going to move on. <laughs> That's the line he draws. I, I, I love this guy in crisis control. Like there's nothing he can do about it. Uh, weirdly, right. like she uh, is going to pay the money and keep the painting too. And I don't, don't email us guys. I know it's probably worth more now because there's stories there and everything. But uh, yeah, Banksy yeah. always, always just mischievous. Just a little uh, Henri prankster. You're crafty, Banksy. Uh, solid, brother. Dynamite Podcast. This has been your hour of power. Guys, we want to hear from you. Email us at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, plenty of NFL action going on. NBA season coming up. We want to hear your thoughts. Uh, please weigh in on any of our Yacht Rock song. What's your favorite? Let's hear about it. Uh, again, subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Uh, we are growing an audience. We very much appreciate it. Uh, I am Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off, Most Awesome? Don't call me Mab Riley or my pod partner, Tom Brandana Doe, because I would never call you a motherfucker. Glamour, runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.